Welcome to Live Healthy Now with Nicola Mercer, a weekly show helping you get clear on the power of building sustainable, healthy habits to live the happy, strong life you are craving. It's time to stop waiting for happiness and burning yourself out trying to reach it. Each week we'll share insights into the world of health and well-being to help you learn which habits are the right ones for you without the overwhelm and confusion you feel right now. It's time to strip back and lay out the truth about why taking better care of yourself is the answer to the happy life you're striving so hard to create. Welcome to today's episode, which is one of four very special episodes we're bringing you in the month of June. During this month, we're focusing on all things menopause. We're bringing you four very special and different episodes to explore perimenopause, menopause, what this season of your life means, why it's so important to understand the changes that menopause may bring you and the things that you might not be quite expecting so that you're completely prepared and most importantly, you know why you should take care of your health in the run-up to perimenopause if you're not there right now, but also when you are in that season of your life because it does bring so much change that you need to better support yourself with so that you can continue to live a full and vibrant life beyond menopause. So whatever you're doing, enjoy, feedback, anything that you take away from the episode and as always would love you to share the episode with someone who you know would also enjoy and take something to help their health and life improve. Hi Sarah, welcome to the podcast, it's lovely to have you with me today. Thanks for having me Nicola. You're very welcome and I'm so excited to find out more about your menopause journey because what you've shared with me so far is something that I know is the same kind of story for many women and it's also something that I know can really help other women to be better informed and to support themselves through menopause. So as part of the June podcast series focusing on menopause I was really looking to bring real stories like yours to the audience so that they can be more informed and inspired with their own menopause journey and potentially you know better supporting themselves through what can be a difficult time. So I'd love to just start by finding out a little bit about you know what your perimenopause journey was like and and kind of what happened when you first realized that's probably what was going on with the symptoms you were struggling with yeah of course um well I'd I'd always kind of looked forward to perimenopause really I didn't know it was going to be as uh fraught as it has been I've always been someone who is generally freezing cold so the prospect that I was going to just be warmer later on in life I was quite looking forward to it um but I didn't have any of the physical symptoms and that's what threw me really so I wasn't having Mm. any of the hot flushes I wasn't having any of the itchy skin all the things that historically we all associated with menopause because I think it's only recently people have started talking more about perimenopause um I didn't have all those things. My periods hadn't stopped. I was sleeping okay. I wasn't having night sweats. So I didn't have a clue, if if I'm honest. Um, And I work in mental health. So I'm surrounded by lots of evidence for 
symptoms of anxiety, for symptoms of low mood, um, for symptoms of emotional dysregulation. And I was starting to notice that I was developing some of those symptoms. And I was thinking, well, I don't feel that my mood is low. I don't feel that I'm an anxious Mm. person. I've never really been one of life's criers. Um, But I was starting to notice some really different symptoms than what I'd expected. So um, I'd find that I would get really anxious about things that I'd done a hundred times before. You know, all of a sudden the prospect of going into a meeting and have to talk was this huge thing that would keep me awake the night before. Um, And I'd look for every excuse possible not to go because I'd think that I wasn't going to be any good at it. Um, And I've been doing my job 25 years, so can't be that bad at it. Um, The other things were, I was just getting really overly emotional about things and not things, you know, like the repair shop and all the stuff that normally sets us off long lost family. It was things like, you know, an advert on telly or that was not even remotely emotional. I'd feel myself filling up or I'd be talking to somebody about something that was not emotional at all. And my voice would just choke. And I was thinking, this is ridiculous. What is the matter with me? And I did start to think, well, maybe it is my mental health. You know, just because I work in that field doesn't mean I'm immune from it. And you do think those things. Um, And... Luckily, I was on Instagram. I'm not a huge Facebook person. I'm more an Instagram person. And I was watching some um, videos that Meg Matthews had put on about her menopause journey and the symptoms that she'd had. And I was also watching some stuff that Caroline Hirons had done on her channel um, because I'm a big skincare fan. And she was talking about like the rage that she'd felt and it was menopause and I thought, well, I wonder if there's something in this. So I started to look into it. Um, and I was lucky enough to do a bit of online training for work with Louise Newsom's company. It was just healthcare, just some information, really. And I thought, you know, this is something that I kind of need to look into a little bit more, really. So I spoke to my partner about it, and he'd probably been too frightened to say you may have a point because my mood was so all over the place it was, everything was his fault so mm. it, at the time and had he noticed rough. that had he noticed that shift in you Sarah yeah he'd noticed that I was probably yeah. a little bit more anxious than I had been before I'd had a lot going on at the time and and you could probably have said oh well this reaction to this that the other um but with hindsight, he looked into it a little bit because he said, well, you know, I've got to know about it, whether it's now or 10 years time, which is lucky because not everyone's that fortunate, I know. Um, yeah. And he was like, well, yeah, actually, looking at it, it could be. So the first thing I did was read up as much as I could. Um, like I'm lucky being a nurse that I've got access to think, you know, I was looking online a, nice guidelines about the treatment of perimenopause and what I should be looking out for and what to avoid and then just made an appointment with my GP about it um my GP offered me a choice of antidepressants uh Valium or a coil um none of which 
weren't really what I was looking for. Um, she offered me blood tests, which I declined because I hadn't long had my blood done. And the guidance says that if you're 42, your hormone levels will change so quickly that it's not really a gold standard way of testing it. So I left there with this packet of combined HRT tablets, which were the least attractive option, I thought, because a lot of the stuff I'd been reading, you know, was saying about the the gels and the tablets and and I'd just kind of been handed these tablets and gone, well, if you think it's that, take these. Um, so I didn't take them. I took them home, but I didn't take them. And I just read a bit more about it. I was following more people online. So I was following um, Naomi Potter and Mariella Frostreff and Davina, you know, all these people who'd started talking about it a lot um, just to get as much information as I could really. Um, I was listening to Lisa Snowden because she was doing a weekly Instagram with people talking about it and they were all really informative and you know they all work very closely with medical profession to get that level of information out to people. Um, and I was really fortunate that I was in a position where I was able to make an appointment with a private consultant just for a consultation about perimenopause and she sent me some rating scales just to fill in questionnaires you know what were the physical symptoms what were the psychological symptoms uh, and we just had a chat and obviously I started crying all the way through it because I was just really emotional by that point because I just felt like mm. I was going mad by then um, and she prescribed me with estrogen gel and progesterone tablets um, and then had another follow-up appointment just to see how I got on with that and then she reviewed it and then when she felt it was settled it was handed over then to my GP surgery um, to mm. carry on that prescription but I changed GP surgery by that but when I went back then to the GP to get further prescriptions and just for a review I've still been offered antidepressants because I was saying well you do you think maybe I need to tinker with this do you think one needs to go up one needs to go down but it seems to be that it's not the obvious choice is to consider it hormonal so at the moment he says touching wood things are pretty stable the anxiety I think I'm kind of stuck with it now duh, because that's something that I've noticed hasn't gone away a lot of the other things mm. have gone away I'm a lot less emotional than I was say this time last year I've gone back to being able to stand up and teach and talk to big groups of people without being terrified I'm going to burst into tears so that's a bonus um the weight gain I wish that had eased up a little bit but it doesn't seem to be uh, and there's things like you know just making myself more aware of healthy diet, uh, the things I eat, the things I don't eat. I don't drink anyway, so that's something that I know a lot of people have struggled with. Um, I noticed the more physical symptoms, you know, my skin wasn't so great, it was very dry. So I've started to spend a lot more time putting the right things onto my skin rather than just being aggravated at, at what's happening to it. Did notice the hair thinning was another symptom that 
I hadn't kind of expected to have. I always had really thick hair and then all of a sudden it was, it seemed to be kind of half the thickness that it used to be. But now with the hormones seem to be back on track, everything's getting back to how it should, other than the colour, mm. I think. But, um, but yeah, I do a lot of reading about it. I've made sure that myself and my colleagues are far more aware so that we can then support people that we're working with in the community because I just think people feel very isolated when they get these symptoms. If they're fortunate enough to have that group of female friends that they can talk to about these things, then great. But not everybody has got that. And I think it's really important for it not to be this secretive thing Mm. that people keep to themselves and I know like I never knew what my mother's menopause was like it's not a conversation that we'd ever had and it's only now that she said oh yeah I I had a nightmare at the time and it was this and it was that and it was the other and and I think well I I lived with you when you were going through all that and I didn't know so it's it's just I think it's really important Yeah, and that's a a key point that I've thought a lot about and and want to share as well is that because of how much kind of, as you say, secretness is applied to the menopause and stigma as well, isn't Mm. it? You know, that it's something we should almost be, um, I don't know, embarrassed about if we were to complain about how we're feeling because I think our mothers would just expect it to get on with things you know that it was just part of life it's part of you know what happens to to women and it's just nature taking its cause but we know obviously much much more now about it and about um not just those symptoms that we are really you know um aware of but the impacts it can have on our long-term health Mm. as well and you know what those symptoms we can experience can manifest in terms of the rest of our life, in relationships, in our career, in our mental health, as you touched on. Um, so yeah, it, it's interesting, isn't it, that growing up, we weren't taught anything about it except to dread it. You know, it was like, mm. oh, you're going to go through puberty and then you'll go through menopause and then that'll be the beginning of the end. Sort of yeah, thing, and you'll just be it? a shriveled old yeah. husk of a thing in the corner with a blue yeah. ring. Um, but yeah. I think... Like I was reading in Mariella's book where she was talking about, you know, in Japan, it's known as this second spring. And I do think yeah. in some ways we're very lucky that we, the people going through it now, I mean, we don't always feel lucky, but we're that Generation X, I guess, where you had all those very strong female characters coming through the 90s who've gone, well, actually, no, um, I'm not going to have my hair cut short and start wearing pearls and a twin set and and do all the things that historically people would have done because it's not the end mm. of something. It's just it's just a chance to revisit what you want to do with the rest of it. Because I guess, you know, a hundred years ago when people were going through the menopause, it was towards the end of their lives because life expectancy was True. so much shorter. Mm. Uh, but I think things mm. are very different now and the people going through mm. it now are literally halfway and I know like um Gabby Logan's podcast is called Midpoint because it should be thought of as that not the end of something it's that kind of that right where am I going to go from here you've hit a crossroads 
Yeah, and, and I'm all for what you're talking about there in terms of trying to empower women. Firstly, to have the right information and knowledge so that they can understand what's going to happen to them and be able to support themselves in the best way that they can. And then to also, you know, feel that they do have this amazing opportunity at this season of their life and that they do have a long life ahead of them if they take care of themselves. Because, you know, the other reality with menopause is, as I mentioned, those things that it can put us at greater risk of because we reduce our hormones, you know, things like heart disease and dementia, um, you know, that we do need to change some of our lifestyle to better look after ourselves, to strengthen our bones, to strengthen and not lose muscle and take care of our skin because obviously we're losing a, um, elastin and uh, collagen as well and so on. So there's lots of things that we need to have the right information and inspiration about like you've taken on yourself to then be able to take action to make sure that you can thrive in that season of your life and that you don't just think well this is it now I've got to put up with things how they are and you know what you touched on with mental health obviously being a mental health nurse you so you know informed about this and and thankfully had that knowledge to be able to challenge the doctor who you saw about the offer of antidepressants because that's something I've heard a lot from Dr Louise Newson and I'll I'll tag her again in the balance app in the notes I'll do that through this month and um, because she has so much valuable information and, and content available for anyone and the medical profession as well who she's supporting but yeah this, yeah this she's really talking good. a lot isn't she about yeah really good fact sheets on their website about um, mm. the links between mental health and menopause because sometimes you know you you don't want to miss somebody who's got depression because you assume it's menopause and likewise you don't want to yeah. miss menopause because you think it's depression and it's just making sure that those conversations are going on and making sure that both avenues have been explored rather than kind of putting all your eggs in one basket I guess. Yeah, because I've heard some awful stories that she shared and from other people, actually, mm. who, you know, have talked about women being given antidepressants and, and no conversations ever had about their hormones. And because they don't have that awareness, they haven't asked or challenged the doctor about it. And they've accepted the diagnosis. They've kept going. It doesn't work. They try other types of antidepressants. And then it it gets stronger and, and different the treatment that's given to them because they're not responding to the antidepressants and then they end up on things like ketamine you know which is obviously a very very strong um drug that they're using to help them you know try to get over this depression that they think is just resistant to antidepressants without ever stopping them and asking you know whether perhaps it's hormonal and related to menopause in any way so yeah, you're right. It, there's a there's a fine line, and it needs, as you said in your case, when you went private with your referral, to look at all of those physical symptoms mm. and the psychological symptoms, and to really try and get an, an overview of exactly what's going on and, and whether or not it is hormonal and menopause related. Because, as you said as well, you can't diagnose it through blood tests you know if you are still having periods or even if your periods are irregular there's nothing that you can get in terms of a, a concrete diagnosis is there so that that can make it difficult and I think the way we live as women as well 
because of how our society and culture are, you know, it's so easy to just apply these symptoms to just being part of natural life, isn't it? You Mm. know, it's well, I'm busy, life's hard, I've got lots on my plate, so I'm going to feel stressed and so on, you know, and and there's so many symptoms that aren't mainstream, like you said about itchy skin, for example, or hair thinning, even anxiety, I think, has only recently started mm. to be spoken about as a well, yeah, I, symptom, I isn't thought it, it was mm-hmm. night sweats and hot flushes, and, and that was about it. And my periods would stop, and mm. and that was it. But, it's you know, things like bleeding gums, and, and like you said about the skin, and just that that feeling of rage over, can't find my pen, you know, something utterly ridiculous. Mm. Um, just and and the losing of mm. of your vocabulary that's been really frustrating. Is I'll be halfway through a sentence yeah. and then I'm like, no, it's gone. What was yeah. the word? I feel, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, and you just like <laughs> I've really struggled with that. Yeah, yeah, and that's a really frustrating one, um, especially as we both know when you talk for a living to not be able to find those words that you you use all the time and they, they, they're mm. never the really difficult words are they they're like the really obvious you know the word spoon mm-hmm. or something you're like what is that thing and it just <laughs> aggravates you and you think my god is this what it's yeah. always going to be like um but no I think mm. I think knowledge it's scary is, isn't it it is scary because you automatically start thinking worst case scenario it's this it's this it's the other you know you think all these horrendous things are wrong with you and then you go, or it, or it could just be your hormones. And someone else telling you it could be your hormones is not always well received. It's like, you know, whoever responded well to being told mm. to calm down, <laughs> for someone to tell you it could be your hormones, you kind of go, what? What? Um, but actually, you know, we, we're all losing hormones throughout our lives. It's just we get to a certain mm. point where we need to bump them back up with something. Um, Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think yeah. I think education's definitely improving in the medical profession. Um, I think just the awareness and the knowledge of people in the community now having those conversations, mm. seeing things on platforms like Facebook and documentaries and podcasts and things where it is being so openly talked about. I mean, I know it's like we all hand things over to people we know, don't we? Have you listened to this podcast? Have you listened? to this video have you watched this documentary mm-hmm. and I think I think that awareness is is getting much better um but I think it's probably still in its infancy to be honest yeah but you're right in that there's momentum there isn't there we've got a lot of noise being made by the right people in the right way I think Louise Newsom's fantastic you know she's doing so much great work in building that awareness and in doing so on a global platform as well to try and for the first time ever I think really highlight how menopause impacts all types of women globally you know because it, it does play very differently depending on you know culture ethnicity your just background in terms of your whole lifestyle but then you know for women who um she talks about women in prison you know and and the experience that they go through so trying to really give support to women everywhere because everyone is going to go through menopause when Mm. you are born female so you know it's very very important and we're half of the population I, I listened to something actually just today with her and 
I'm sure um Nachi said is it um 1.3 billion women globally um you know are struggling with menopause at some point of their menopause journey now whether it's perimenopause or mm-hmm. menopause and you know in the UK they're saying the numbers gone up since the last kind of uh, research and stats were shared at 13 million but it's probably around 14 now of women in the UK alone who are perimenopausal or menopausal and about 25% of those you know are in the workforce as well so you know, 50% of our workforce are female. And if you think then half that are experiencing something related to menopause at the minute, it's just impacting so many women, isn't it? So yeah, I really hope that I can help support widening the knowledge and understanding of this and stories like yours will do that as well. And I like that you touched on lifestyle factors as well, because obviously that's a big, you know, thing for me and trying to help people to see that, you know, absolutely, I'm all for HRT. I think there's a lot of research coming out and mm. maybe will, you know, evolve even more to suggest that most women, unless they can't take it for some reason or don't want to, should have their hormones replaced because of the risk, you know, to other diseases that HRT can reduce dramatically. And just lots of other benefits. You know, we, we were meant to have our hormones, essentially. Well, um, yeah, and you know, I, I was talking to a friend a, about this yeah. and saying, you know, if, if we if we had anemia and our iron levels were low, we wouldn't. Mm. We wouldn't think twice about taking a tablet for that. Um, anything else, we wouldn't think twice about it. But for some reason, when it's hormones, it makes us a little bit uncomfortable uh, because there was years ago all those urban myths about what HRT mm. was going to do to us all. Um, we didn't see our mothers taking HRT. So I think for our generation, mm. it is a bit unusual that you're kind of looked at to say, oh, you need that, do you? Well, it's not that I need it. Mm. I'm entitled to it. And that's the difference. Yeah. And, and there's, a, there's a, again, all linked to the lack of awareness of menopause overall, but there's just such little knowledge about what HRT is mainstream, you know, in that it's not really a medication. It is body identical hormones. It's very natural. We're replacing them, you know, like they would be produced in our body. And um, it's very, very effective. It's got you know, very well. Obviously, the more they're still trying to do long-term research, but very, very, very few side effects or risks associated with it compared to many, many other medicines, especially things like antidepressants, which, you know, there hasn't been mm. that long-term research into long-lasting side effects from that. But yeah, the lifestyle piece is huge, and that's something I want to help educate women on because although quite often HRT is needed and can help. It isn't the kind of magic cure, as you said, with your weight gain and some of the other symptoms. And I've heard that certainly through from friends of mine who've started HRT and said, but I haven't lost the weight. Yeah, because HRT is not going to reverse. And I think there's that perception that it's the magic pill. It's like I go on HRT and yes, it can make you feel much more normal like yourself but other changes are still happening you know you don't come out the other side of the menopause that's you for the rest of your life isn't it and you know there are things that you do need to switch up in your habits and routines and lifestyle to be able to support your body and mind in in the way it needs because of those changes so just to kind of wrap up what what would you leave someone with who's 
perhaps struggling with this themselves, either at the start of perimenopause or maybe they've had some challenges trying to get the right help because they know that they're in the midst of it and do need some support to get out of, of feeling the way they do. I'd, I'd say definitely go and see your doctor about it, but make some notes before you go in because once you get in, in to see your doctor, it's very easy to forget all the things that you've thought. I want to tell them this and I want to tell them that. And sometimes you don't have very long to see the doctor. So yeah. so make some notes because it, it won't just be one symptom. It will be lots of different symptoms that you may or may not have noticed. And just to have a look at the literature that's online, you know, there's audio books, there's um, information on, on the various websites and just see which part of it is relevant to you. Because if you notice there are more than three or four symptoms, then absolutely go and get it checked out. And you may not want to take HRT, but let that be your choice, not somebody else's. Yeah. Exactly. It's about being informed, isn't it? And I'll pop the notes in, as I said, to the Balance app as well, which is part of Dr. Louise Newson's, you know, information and free resources, because that's something that is, you know, there to help you. I know I certainly get a little pop up on my Apple Watch every night telling me to pop my um, symptoms into the tracker. Yeah. And it's totally free. And so, yeah, there's lots of different ways to do it depending and it, it will on also, what you prefer. It will also generate um, a report for you. If you if you log your symptoms and things every day, after a while you mm. can generate a report and then you can print that out and take it with you saying, well, these are my symptoms that I'm experiencing. So, again, you've got that evidence there. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard that although there's still obviously a lot of people in the medical profession who are quite resistant to this approach, but that a lot of doctors are very grateful for this, you know, for someone to come in when they have only got that 10 minute appointment. And as you said, have got lots of symptoms to come in armed and say, okay, I'm 47. I've been tracking my symptoms now for three months. This is what I've got. Give the piece of paper and say, I need some support to manage this because I'm sure it's perimenopause. Yeah. Otherwise, like you say, you're going in, sitting, going, well, I've been feeling a bit. And then they just go, yeah. And and this actually happened to me a couple of years ago. And the doctor turned around to me when I suggested that maybe it was my age and, and perhaps a bit of perimenopause. And he just basically laughed and went, don't be silly. Women always say it's the hormones. It's nothing to do with hormones. No, you're stressed. You're overwhelmed. You're struggling. You're anxious. You need to go on some antidepressants to to help you with anxiety for a few months at least. And and he was just so dismissive. And I, I know he felt as though he was doing it from a place of support and encouragement because he he probably thought I was you know downplaying what was going on and going oh maybe it's just my hormones. But yeah, he he didn't stop to go actually yeah you're 45 maybe what else has been going on it was just oh don't be silly kind of you know approach um and so there is a lot of that still around so yeah you you go in in control with the right information and you know as you say be informed about it so that you can then make a choice depending on what they suggest is the right course of action for you and just feeling you've been listened to I think is the most important thing whether it's from a nurse or a doctor or a consultant it doesn't matter who even if it's your partner or your kids Mm. or or your family just Mm. feeling that people are taking you seriously will make all the difference yeah so for you Sarah then what's next is there anything that you're going to try and adjust or you know put new habits in place for to try and help you as you continue navigating this season 
Well, I eat quite quite healthily. I mean, my chocolate probably needs to reduce, as does my tea drinking. But I think that's perks of being a nurse is drinking lots of tea, isn't it? So um, <laughs> I can't see that changing anytime soon. I do need to get better at exercising. So I'll probably listen to a couple more of your podcasts next because they're really good. Um, I do a bit of yoga, I do a bit of Pilates, but I know that because of my age and because of my bones, I need to start doing a bit more weight resistance stuff. But just mm. the thought of it. I'm, I'm, let's say I'm in the pre-contemplation phase right now, but it's certainly something that's on my radar that I need to start doing more of. Yeah. Well, because of how we connected, I know that you are supporting yourself with your personal development and I'm absolutely sure that you're going to be getting clear on some of these types of things and the goals you want to set so yeah I look forward to finding out more about what you've got on the horizon and the changes that you make and how well you feel over the the next few months. Well I'm sure I will thanks Nicola thanks for your time. Oh, you're so welcome. Yeah, thank you as well, Sarah. I've really enjoyed chatting and I'm sure the story is going to really help a lot of people. Thank you. Today's episode is part of our June campaign on raising awareness of menopause and why it's so important to have full understanding of what menopause is and the changes it can bring to your life. We're also launching a brand new programme which we're really excited about called From Pause to Play, which helps you to get in control of your health and your life so that you can power through perimenopause and beyond and live that full, vibrant life that you deserve to live. If you'd like to find out more about the programme, check out our website, lifenow.uk. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please remember to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. It would be really appreciated if you could leave a rating and review so other people can find us and build their own healthy, happy life. You can follow Life Now Coaching on all social media platforms and visit our website at lifenow.uk. Links are in the show description. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation and can't wait to see you again next week for more tips on living healthy and happy right now. Take care.